Well, the director of the Alberta chapter of the Canadian-Ukrainian Congress is concerned the path into Canada for Ukraine, Ukrainians rather fleeing the war with Russia is full of bureaucratic hurdles. Lilia Soka says making changes to current immigration rules like letters from parents for children with, would help expedite applications. And for us, like for Canadian citizens, it's extremely devastating and it's difficult to understand if we have all of the financial means to support those people that we want them to come here, mm -hmm. our family and friends, we can show all of the documentation, we provide the letters like T4s, like financial support to people to visit, and we have to wait for weeks. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the UN uh, Refugee Agency estimates that so far 1.7 million people have fled Ukraine. So despite these new rules that Canada's put in to try to make it quicker and easier to get here, what hurdles will people face trying to get to this country, particularly those with unique circumstances? And how are organizations here preparing for their eventual arrival? Well, joining me now is Chris Friesen, Chief Operating Officer at Immigrant Services Society of British Columbia. Thank you so much for being here tonight, Chris. My pleasure. I guess this is always the situation when new rules are put in. They'll always be bureaucracy and there'll always be exceptions that make it difficult. But so far, how would you how have you assessed the new rules that have come in and, and, and how much difference they might make? Well, I think they're extraordinary, you know, given the speed that the bureaucracy and, and, and Ottawa has responded to. Um, you know, I think that like other humanitarian operations uh, in the past, the focus has really been on the admission and selection phase. And I think uh, you know, uh, myself, my colleagues across Canada have been raising with Ottawa the need for um, early um, post-arrival planning. And that's where we have a number of questions unanswered. Yeah, what are some of those unanswered questions right now? And is that just a question of, of rolling these things out properly, that they simply don't know the answers? Well, I think uh, some of the questions that we have are, again, the fact that uh, the, the Minister Fraser has announced, you know, n no targets, no limits. Um, we, we need, we really do need some projected numbers for both temporary residents and permanent residents that may settle in various parts of Canada. Um, we need to know who who's going to be taking care of, uh, you know, initial housing, who is going to be looking at for permanent housing, how will individuals be affected by current qu quarantine regulations. Um, uh, for those that are coming in as temporary residents, they, they are not currently eligible to access the myriad of federally funded settlement programming. So, so what happens to them? Um, these are just some of the many questions that, that my colleagues and I have raised with Ottawa. I guess because you do need to have some idea of how many people are going to arrive, how quickly, so that you can adjust accordingly. Absolutely. And to get the clarity as to whether this is primarily an offer, uh, you know, a temporary visa uh, uh, offer uh, for two years um, and, and, or, and how many will come as permanent residents? Is this being considered a refugee movement or, or how, how is this movement being considered? I guess just to remind listeners, uh, last week, Sean Fraser, a new visa category that will allow, as Chris just mentioned, a limitless number of Ukrainians to come to Canada to live, work, or study here for up to two years. Uh, this is called the Canada-Ukraine Authorization for Emergency Travel Program. Uh, 
uh, will have an open worker study permit that and employers will be free to hire as many Ukrainians as they want. So that's one part of it. But also an ex expedited path for permanent residency for Ukrainians with family in this country. Uh, the minister said a wider circle of family members will be able to sponsor Ukrainians who want to come to Canada on a more permanent basis. Um, that being said, services like, you know, Immigrant Services Society of BC, you're still going to be required, I imagine, to help out. Um, are you preparing for the arrival at this point? Or are you simply waiting to figure out what the demand is going to be? Well, we have definitely started discussions internally, but again, without uh, clear indication from Ottawa, we're sort of stuck in this uh, holding pattern um, as we, you know, better understand exactly what role we may be called upon um, in this situation. You know, we're hearing also from Ottawa that many Ukrainians want to remain in neighboring countries to be close to their husbands or fathers or sons who have stayed back to fight in Ukraine. Um, but there again, you know, how many will actually come to Canada? When are they going to start to come? Is there going to be a specific uh, a surge over a period of a set period of months? Um, what type of Ukrainians are coming? You know, are they, do they speak English? Um, have they, what sort of occupations do they have in the past? Are they from rural or urban settings? All of these factors will impact the degree of programming and support that is needed uh, to ensure that they have a successful start in this country. This is clearly the kind of program, or at least an announcement for uh, for expedited travel to Canada that we really haven't seen before. But correct me if I'm wrong, if I remember back to different other humanitarian crises, if I think about Afghanistan or Syria, there were always set numbers. Correct. And that's that's the, the, the challenging part, um, you know, uh, for organizations such as ours, not knowing exactly what is the, you know, the horizon, the understanding of uh, how many uh, Ukrainians might arrive to Canada. Um, it makes it very difficult to um, ensure that we have the capacity or make adjustments to uh, programming and capacity. Um, but without that number, it is very difficult. To give you a sense, during Operation Syrian Refugee in 2015-2016, when, when the Trudeau government announced that Canada would accept 25,000 Syrians, um, we had, uh, we had uh, roughly three months lead time before um, airlift flights, charter flights began arriving. Um, so, you know, again, we're working a little bit in the dark right now, not knowing exactly one, our, what our role as immigrant serving agencies will be, and two, you know, what is the projected um, sense, the target. Chris, would you normally be at least consulted as, 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 your, as to your capacity and so forth? Um, it, there are, again, ongoing bilateral discussions uh, between the immigrant serving sector, the settlement sector in Canada and Ottawa. Um, we, uh, we have uh, raised the, the questions that we've spoken about now um, and, and others, um, and are, we are being told that there are a number of announcements and decisions on Minister Fraser's death that will provide um, additional clarity. Um, so, it, as I said, we're a little bit in a, in a wait-and-see pattern right now. For uh, provinces like British Columbia, um, there is also understanding what is the impact. Um, of course, you know, 
like all Canadians, uh, you know, British Columbian residents want to help where they can. Um, and uh, Premier Horgan has indicated that they will do what they can uh, to support Ukrainians. But again, you know, how many will be coming in as temporary residents? Will they be eligible for um, income support uh, if they need some financial assistance? Um, you know, who will cover their, um, you know, the, th the normal three-month waiting period before they can access provincial health care? Uh, how many children will be entering the school system in which, which parts of British Columbia? These are all part and parcel of the, you know, the challenges from the provincial government perspective. Right. Certainly always, always the fine print, right, of course, in these cases as well. Um, I was going to ask you, because we spoke to an immigration lawyer after this was announced last week and asked the obvious question, which is, is the immigration system, is Canada prepared to be able to process more people? And his thought was that because this is a different program set up differently, that it will not impact those waiting to say, come from Afghanistan. Um, and we spoke to a, to an Afghan interpreter who was stuck in Kiev for a while and is now thankfully out of there. Um but from your point of view, I imagine that for the Immigrant Services Society as well, you only have so much capacity as well. So are you able to handle a huge influx of people? Well, you know, we're right now, we're fully um, involved with the Afghan Special Initiative, um, where we've received, you know, uh, over 900 uh, Afghans uh, since uh, late August last year. Uh, we're continuing to get arrivals uh, every week, uh, as well as those coming from other uh, conflict zones around the world. So in order to, uh, for us um, and colleagues across the country, there would, it, depending on the number, there would be the need to uh, look at and adjust capacity on the ground. I think the other thing that, you know, when you were talking about that, your discussions with the, the lawyer about, uh, you know, can Canada's immigration system handle this? Um, you know, um, there are concerns uh, surfacing uh, around the fact that, as an example, we have over 60,000 privately sponsored refugees awaiting overseas that have been approved to come to Canada as permanent residents, sponsored by faith communities, groups of Canadians, you know, private sector, um, who because of COVID and the pandemic have been, um, their processing has been disrupted, their flights have been disrupted. So, um, you know, that's a whole other significant number of folks that have have gone through the process um, that have been waiting in some cases decades to resettle in Canada that are that are also you know uh, uh, on people's minds. It sounds like if we're going to be able to properly um, help out any, everyone who comes here who wants to come here and is eligible to come here that we may have to ramp up a bit in in the near future. Well, absolutely. And, and Minister Fraser's recent um, announcement on um, multi-year immigration targets, you know, indicates that we're now going beyond the 1% uh, of Canada's population uh, over the next, you know, over the next uh, three years, um, upwards of 1.3, 1.4 million people, permanent residents only, that does not take into consideration temporary residents. It's a huge, huge uh, uh, process, um, you know, and uh, 
there, I know that um, Government of Canada has invested, I think, over $400 million in transforming digital transformation. Yes. I hate to cut you off. I've run out of time, but thank you so oh, much for your insight you. tonight. I, I really yeah. appreciate My this is a great conversation. Thanks. Yeah. Chris Friesen of the Immigrant Service Society of BC.